1: Looking back at the ADP of Superflex drafts from August-September time, pairing them to how these teams look now, and then looking at one of our teams and how we expect it to go here in the FFPC Superflex tournament. We're going to be doing all that and more on today's show, Sean. We have some breaking player news that affects this team that we'll be talking about on today's show. But before we jump into it, uh, how are you doing as we approach NFL Week 14?
2: Awesome. As you mentioned, we do have some player news that's going to Shake a few things up both here and on other Superflex teams. I do think this is one of the fun parts of Superflex. Maybe even talk a little bit about Dynasty Superflex and the way to sort of structurally play the quarterback position. Column, I don't think listeners will be that surprised to discover. We may have a few contrarian takes at the QB position. But again, obviously always informed by the evidence informed by the fantastic tools that Mike Beers built and that are still on the site and being updated looking at these tournaments. One of the things that was a lot of fun going into 2021 is that I played a number of these Superflex leagues with Blair Andrews listeners obviously know from the show that he does with Hassan will know from his fantastic articles like the wrong read and his in season piece one big thing has also been a big hit so. We played a lot of those leagues using the insights from the Roster Construction Explorer and then obviously layering in the types of things that Blair and I like to do in drafts and in tournaments. And Those went extremely well last year, which allowed us to play uh, quite a few leagues again this season. And we also switched some things up because you do get responses to what worked the previous season, just big picture, and then you also get some responses to... Kind of the penetration of information into the drafting community as a result of tools like the Rotoviz Best Ball Suite, and so from that perspective, you know drafters are going to react, and then you're not dealing with exactly the same environment that you were dealing with the previous season. So we'll look at that. We'll discuss a little bit here of some listener leagues. We always appreciate uh, having a chance to do that. Those are some of the fun drafts, most fun drafts we have every. Off season, and column last year the listeners really took it to us and so it's fun to have bounced back with a good performance in overtime to the show we did two of these super flex best ball leagues
1: yeah and it's something that we probably should mention more on the show sean that you know we talk a lot about connor obviously won the best ball tournament last year over at the ffpc we did come second in that tournament with blair Andrews, so we did have success last year but drafting against the his overtime listeners in the community here has has been tough over the years and so anytime we can you know compete with them and they're using the same tools they're using sean's rankings for example went through these drafts it can be challenging and they're listening in and watching us draft and and seeing how we do things so they have kind of an inside track on in what we're trying to achieve and that does lead to some contrarian options like what we have done in this draft that we'll be talking about but across drafts and something that you and ben talked about a little bit on your early steed and banana show this week is kind of that landscape and people's reactions and how that will develop heading into 2023 one of my favorite things we do each year is look at how people's reactions may lead to their draft decisions and that was something that we were able to take advantage of with some of our early best ball drafts this year as the landscape kind of tilted back kind of to more common status we got into august towards september but looking forward to breaking those down but this is kind of a little early bit where we can look into this draft and, and see maybe some changes we would do maybe some things that were really pleased that fell our way that maybe we weren't all that enthusiastic about at draft time but sean before we get into it i want to mention again to the listeners talked about this on the last two shows but the code rv radio 2022 has been updated to a 25 percent off a one month road pass at rotaviz.com. all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2022 while checking out when buying a one month pass to get yourself that 25 percent discount and as sean mentioned there with a the suite of tools at rotavis to it will allow you access to all of them and also all of the articles up on the website. But Sean, when we talk about this team, I'm going to make it turn into a crystal ball segment as we progress through it, and that will be our WinBet crystal ball segment of today's show. You can sign up, though, today at WinBet to receive a special sports offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. That is W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. Sean, Time to try and get ourselves a little bit hyped here. We have one week left. We do not want to. Hopefully, this isn't the case that we're jumping the gun and this team somehow suddenly collapses this week and we don't make it true. So, we have a late quarterback approach, but we are in a team that is pretty close for first and second. Patty is in second place, Daniels in third, Erics in fourth, but there is a gap of 60 points between us in first and that third spot. So, hopefully, we have enough to coast us through here. But I'm going to share the draft board up on the screen now for anyone that is watching on the Road his YouTube channel. We went with Jalen Hurts from the nine spots. So we were at the 109. We get Jalen Hurts. But Sean, our decision then was to, to really hold off. And we do not take another quarterback until the ninth round. That is Baker Mayfield. Then in the, the uh, 11th round, we've got Marcus Mariota. And this may be when we get to recap in the draft and follow Sean Maybe the pick off the draft for us. Geno Smith in round 20 seems like a, an absolute incredible value at this particular point but the news coming into today's show is within the last kind of 30 minutes is Marcus Mariota will not be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons after their buy-in week 14 it will be Desmond Ritter the other part then that we may be getting a quarterback back is Baker Mayfield obviously cut waved goes now to the LA Rams so Sean Lots of change lit in the season on a basketball roster with four quarterbacks, but it looks like we still have three potential options to fit those two super flex spots.
2: We do. And it's obviously not impossible that the Falcons would hit a run of luck that pushed them back to Mariota in week 16-17. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully Desmond Ritter goes out there and impresses and earns himself an NFL job for the future. The Falcons are in this uncomfortable position where they're going to be in all likelihood a little bit outside the range of the best QBs, unless if they lose out and start to get up there, you know, right there on the edge. And yet if they go into 2023, not knowing what Desmond Ritter can do for them, they could be in a world of her, I think that this team needs to fire everybody and start over. The approach here has been <sighs> cowardly is not really the term, but when basically what you're trying to do is extremely limit the
1: conservative is of- at the minute I've been kind, I think is the way to say it.
2: Well, it, it's not a sign of confidence in your team when your basic approach is just to try and get the game over as fast as you can and hope that if you have a game with a very limited number of plays, Then in some of those games, the luck is going to go in your favor, especially if you're in this week AFC South. Unfortunately, they have not been able to finish games at the end over the last month. And when you do this and you don't get some lucky favorable outcome, then you also have not developed your team in terms of what it needs to do to be successful. It's like if you add talent next year and take the leap, then you still have to completely rebuild what you're doing offensively, what you're doing defensively. And so you haven't gained anything by this arch conservative approach. Perhaps they just don't have the players, but I mean Arthur Smith has been there for several seasons now. The two players that they picked very early in the draft, they decided not to use this season. So he hasn't been Developing the offensive weapons anyway. I mean, how do they know if they have the guys when the coach refuses to use them? So I think you're going to get a a completely different look from the Falcons next season. But regardless of what that look is, and this could be a situation too where it actually does come down from the top, letting them know that you know we've reached a point that we had this conversation or the situation with the Colts where ownership said they'd had enough of Matt Ryan. You end up with the coach getting fired. You do have Ryan going back in there because the interim coach is able to convince the organization that it actually helps the team develop the most to have Ryan in there instead. Obviously, they're going to have to go to a different direction at the QB position next season. But once we get into these really disappointing seasons for ownership and for the front office, you do then have to look forward and find out what you have. And that's something that the Washington Commanders should have done, but they have hit this sort of fluky run where they've won games and now they don't know what they have at the QB position. Now they may make the playoffs and still be back to square one next season as well. Columns interesting because you and I have a number of super flex teams that are actually doing well, even though we selected one quarterback at the top and then took Ritter, Howell, Corral late. And obviously those would be, sort of middle of the offseason teams before it became obvious the crowd wasn't going to factor in. Obviously, Lamar Jackson going out on some of those teams now gets it down to a zero quarterback build in Superflex. I'm excited to get Ritter in there, see if he can score some points. Week 14, those teams are obviously going to take a zero because the Falcons are on the bye and Lamar Jackson is out but that's an encouraging step for those rosters if they can make it through. And they're in position to get through even if they do take a zero. You mentioned not cursing our team. We do like this squad. We think it's probably going to get through. You mentioned we have a six-point lead on Patty. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he jumps us this week. The other two teams that are fighting with an outside chance, and one of the reasons why... I mean, we can't feel comfortable, and you don't really have to do anything on a basketball team, but you should never give up that rooting perspective. You know, you can have these 200, even 225-point games where you can pull back 80, 90 points in a hurry. So the next two teams, Daniel and Eric, those squads were selected out of the 101 and out of the 111, 11 Probably not a huge surprise that Daniel's squad that starts Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, C.D. Lamb is in the mix. Not a surprise that Eric's squad that starts Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley is in the mix. Eric is the one team here who doesn't select a QB through two rounds. And I think that that part is interesting. We can kind of contrast what he does to try and overcome that with what we have done. We are the only other team that doesn't have at least two QBs, and in most cases, three QBs in the first six rounds. Colin, take us through how we started this and some of the things that we were thinking.
1: Yeah, and just before we get into that part, I think looking back at where some of these quarterbacks were going at the time, so a lot of leagues we were having our draft discussions around do we draft Mariota, do we draft Ritter, similarly with Tannehill and Malik Willis, and there is some teams that will also be benefiting from Ritter coming in with this change the difference is have they had enough points to this point to make them into a contender but I think he could be a very interesting player for teams who have snuck through or made it through particularly in one quarterback formats or maybe some teams have drafted three quarterbacks and he may have been the the guy at the end of the roster we talked about if those teams were not competing the change could happen so that's gonna be interesting to track over the next couple of weeks but Sean you mentioned our team and how we played it out so Jalen Hurts was the ninth overall pick in this, but we go Justin Jefferson, Derek Henry, T. Higgins, Brees Hall, TJ Hawkinson, Devontae Smith, Drake London. Then we go in with Baker Mayfield, Sky Moore, Marcus Mariota, Noah Fant, Christian Watson, Isaiah Spiller, Terry and Davis Price, Trey McBride, Chris Evans, Jarek McKinnon, Taquan Thornton, and Geno Smith. So looking through the team and full Sean, first of all, is something that I tend to do with my best ball rosters is see who is no longer really available on this roster. Now you mentioned there's a chance that something could happen that takes Mariota back into play, but for this team, the real player that is missing for the rest of the season definitely is Brees Hall, which has been something we've talked about on the show. We probably don't need to talk about it a huge amount more, but a devastating injury to a lot of our teams. So this team still being able to maintain that push is obviously fantastic, but it's just unfortunate that he is no longer in play somebody who was extreme extreme value i thought when we were drafting trout august into early september was derrick henry to get him in the third round of the Superflex format i think is a, a big edge there but when we look through this team sean we do have players who we thought could have been lost and ha- they haven't had a big impact since they've come back with the likes of a take one. thornton is in there even somebody like chris evans who caught a touchdown last week i think that When Mixon comes back, that probably phases him back out. But there is some potential options the players can still get back in. And the likes of TDP and Spiller have not had a big say on the season. But you you never know from week to week over these playoffs who may get an opportunity when things play out. So looking through the team overall, Sean, what are some of your favorite picks? What are some of the the picks? I guess the hits and misses as we, we look through this team. Who has been key to getting us to this point?
2: Yeah, you mentioned Brees Hall, and that that is the one that's really frustrating. And the teams we did together and the teams that we did with Zachary Kruger, you had the great best ball show with him. And a lot of the teams that are still alive have Brees Hall, so you can't help but look at that and dream of what could have been. Obviously, that's not the way that it works. You can't replace those players in best ball, but you have to draft a strong overall roster so that at least in some circumstances – Teams can still be competitive. We do know that best ball, one of the reasons why you will sometimes draft a little bit of a portfolio, one of the reasons why you're going to draft structurally and emphasize those types of things, is that you are going to have multiple injuries on some teams, and those teams do tend to get taken out. And you're going to need your other teams to be in position to overcome that. What we were thinking here and looking at how the first round developed We know from the tools that there are a couple of ways that you can play this. You had mentioned to me that on a lot of your best teams, you just went with two quarterbacks, and the tools showed that that actually is a controversial, slightly contrarian, but potentially successful way to play this. Now, you have to hit on those two QBs. They need to stay healthy. They've got to score a lot of points. But you can work through the buys. You can fail to take advantage of – the optimized scoring in part because the third quarterback isn't going to actually score into your lineup that often anyway and it allows you to save a roster spot so if you do go heavy to QB early you might consider just stopping at two the other thing that you can do is a more normal approach where you take two in the first three rounds do add that third quarterback in there hopefully late but then the final option would be to take a quarterback or maybe even go zero quarterback like Eric has done here and then really wait. And you need to have some specific targets that you have a really strong thesis for. Now I say have a really strong thesis for, obviously if they're late targets, there's going to be a wide range of outcomes. There's going to be the potential that they don't work out. And if they don't, then you're going to have other people come back and say, I mean, your thesis was actually just hoping to be lucky and there is going to be a luck element but one of the reasons that this team worked for us, column, is that we did have a couple of guys that we thought were going to be the starters and maybe not score as well as they did. I mean, we hoped that Mariota would score a little bit better. Geno Smith, the 20th round pick, we thought would be the quarterback for the Seahawks. They would score better than people expected. Again, maybe not as many points as he actually did yeah, score definitely. as well as he scored. <laughs> Geno was one of the focuses of the earlier stealing bananas episode this week so if anybody wants a little bit longer look at that they can check that episode out but my feeling in 2022 was that once you miss on the end of the QB run you want to try and create extreme value at a different position so Blair and I had some teams where we actually started Cooper Cup Jamar Chase that worked pretty well until both guys got hurt and, again, you have multiple early injuries. You're just simply not going to be in it anyway. But you're looking to create that advantage. And one of the things here, and probably it's going to surprise some people that we d- took Derek Henry, the range of outcomes tool really liked him. We wanted to get a little bit of exposure. This draft was done sort of middle of the offseason, so it's not one of the really early teams that we'll probably look at at some point as well. But it's also not these late August types of ADPs. Still running had...
1: back seven at that point in terms of right. where he was. So just for context, for people who are listening, not watching a running back seven out of the, the running backs available, but um, in terms of overall spot, that's the 309 nine in the third round. Yeah. And the running backs earlier
2: in round three, DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris. I liked him obviously better than Harris and similarly to Cook, We probably liked DeAndre Swift a little bit better, unfortunately he got hurt again as he is wont to do so that was unfortunate for some of our main event teams you look at this roster and one of the reasons that we went wide receiver running back wide receiver running back in rounds two through five is that the super flex format because of that second qb is not as wide receiver heavy it's a little bit more balanced between the wide receivers and the running back so if you get an advantage at the running back position and we were drafting brees hall above adp really all All throughout the season to make sure that we just got enough and you said one of the reasons that you maybe don't do it to that extent is that once he gets hurt you lose all the points but the reason that you do do it one of the things that you know i would continue to emphasize Colin, we've as the second half of the regular season has played out sort of 7 through 12 7 through 13 however you want to look at that The teams have have really done very well, pulled back a lot of points, and are going to advance at more or less the rates that we would hope. But I'm okay with a down season if that happens. I don't want to be diversified out of the actual strong picks. You can say, well, you can diversify out of those strong picks, and sometimes you're going to hit on a Josh Jacobs. Sometimes you're going to hit on an Amari Cooper. Much more often you're going to have simply bad players on your teams. One of the things about those two guys, and I know that not everyone is going to agree with this, and that that's perfectly fine. I don't, I don't need you to or even necessarily want you to. You want to think through this yourself as a listener and look at the different evidence. I think even knowing what we know now, that knowing what we knew at the time, the Jacobs and Amari Cooper are objectively mediocre to bad picks that's not prohibited from working out, especially when you get the prices then because they weren't good picks. And so they do fall in ADP. My approach for 2023 will not be to try and hit on those guys. If your approach is to try and find the players who didn't look good before the season and magically hit, then you're going to be basically loading up your roster with a lot of objectively questionable players and I would prefer to have a lot of Brees Hall and weather the seasons where that player gets hurt as opposed to be looking for guys who don't fit what we want. And so from that perspective, the bad seasons tend to go moderately well, like this one, the good seasons. Then you have a lot of shots into these high-dollar tournaments. So philosophically, that's where I am on the Brees Hall pick. But structurally, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back because we wanted to be able to get an advantage there. When so many teams have three QBs and we just have one, then the edge that we have at the other positions is very significant.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: it does give you that edge with waiting and being able to add up into those what we would call potential superstar players like a Brees Hall or like a T Higgins obviously like a Justin Jefferson rather than the safe pick and you mentioned obviously my decision to go with two quarterbacks in a lot of those leagues is a little bit contrarian a lot of those leagues are teams that the second quarterback is Justin Fields so obviously that's part of the reason why that is working out if Justin Fields doesn't hit that, that strategy obviously isn't going to work out. So that's something that I'll review more at the end of the season. But part of my thought process there, and you kind of touched on it, was that the second super flex spot, because it's not actually, if we're comparing this to the $125 tournament, you're not actually gaining an extra roster spot to be the quarterback. You have the same amount of roster spots. You're losing one of the flexes to be a super flex. And my thought process on that strategy was the likes of maybe Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, the weeks where they're scoring – 16 points as a quarterback, there's a chance that drafting somebody like, I don't know, at that point, Brees Hall goes after or goes before Matt or goes after Matt Ryan, sorry, in this. So weighing that up, who scores the most? And similarly to wide receivers or tight ends in this format and tight end premium. So that was kind of part of that thought process. But Sean, looking through the team then moving forward, so Baker Mayfield obviously hasn't been ahead of a pick so far, but now he is playing with the Rams. He probably is going to start some games here. You never know when that could come into play. Puts up 18 points, maybe somebody who slides into that second super flex spot. Obviously, Jalen Hurts has been a massive hit for this team. Justin Jefferson a hit. Derek Henry a little bit up and down, but I think has delivered on probably what our expectations were. We have T Higgins then, who I was talking with Zach recently, and Zach was saying, you know, Higgins hasn't been what he had hoped. But then when you look at the games he has missed and, and how he has kind of done, overall and with what's left to play in the season i i I don't know about you sean i think higgins has kind of also hit around expectations hall obviously out hawkinson now gets a move these are things you cannot plan for when you're drafting this team hawkinson is now with the minnesota vikings but Devontae smith paired with hertz has been a hit drake london hasn't been that hit but he's obviously going to be interesting to see how that plays out with Ritter. sky more i think part of our thesis here sean has always been with rookie players coming on as the season progresses so my next question is Drake London, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, and potentially even one Thornton down the stretch here. We have four rookie wide receivers on this roster. What are your expectations for them as we push forward? The thesis behind it, do you think we're going to to have that be our advantage here over the the next kind of four or five weeks?
2: Yes and no. Right. The really cool part about this, and really the thing that's allowed us to weather some of the other injuries, like a Brees Hall, is the Christian Watson. After the very slow start has blown up, and you did a feature on him in the last episode, he's a guy where you'd still love to see more target volume. We don't know for sure that Aaron Rodgers is even going to be the QB in week 17 for the final push, hopefully, to the overall title. But we're now seeing more upside from these players. Drake London has the 50% target share and the moderately good game. In week 13, he was the focus of Blair's one big thing this last week. My hope would be that even though we lose this Mariota london pairing, that the move to Ritter, you always kind of expect that the team is going to get more conservative as they move to that rookie QB and protect him a little bit. The nice thing in this situation is that, I mean, the only way that the Atlanta Falcons could get more conservative is just to kneel throughout the game and punt on third down. And so you're going to, and and if you want to see what Desmond Ritter can do, you're going to have to throw a few passes, right? It doesn't make sense to put the rookie QB to develop him. And then, I mean, the funny thing is, if you didn't already know what the pass environment was for Atlanta, then you would say that the level of passing that Mariota has done is below the level that you would have as a bare minimum for trying to see what your rookie QB could do. It's not impossible that they pass more with Ritter, which I think would be nice. And the kind of good news, bad news. And one of the things is that Kyle Pitts has been a massive bust. And yet, if you had him on your team in a best ball format, or even in, in many cases in redraft, there still was the possibility that he would have a late season breakout, not one that anyway any way redeemed what happened earlier. I'm not suggesting that. It was just, it was way too awful for it to fix what had happened. But he's still a big upgrade on the vast majority of the other tight ends who are left. And so we look at Zach's team, which I think is pretty cool out of the two spot where you have Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Pitts, Aaron Rodgers, Tyreek Hill, Travis Etienne. I mean, that's a really cool five player start to lose Kyle Pitts out of that, especially when you also lose Dallas Goddard out of it then suddenly you're in a position where you're not scoring at a position in FFPC, especially that you have to get points from. So that part is unfortunate for the Falcons. It's unfortunate for Pitt's managers who I think, and I know for my teams that there's originally, even though you know, it is not the right response because you know, it's going to hurt you. There's this sense of relief when he's out, because then you just don't have to think about it anymore. But it does hurt. The flip side of that is that now Drake London is positioned to have an extremely high target share as they try and work through with Ritter. So at this point, it seems difficult to think that London could be a guy who's a tournament winner down the stretch, but it's not impossible. One of the things that we witnessed with Christian Watson just recently is that that switch can flip. And suddenly the guy is a star. Although London has been disappointing, we haven't – Witness the type of play that would necessarily undercut his most basic thesis as a top 10 pick, a good player coming out of college, someone who's a physical mismatch. So I like that sky more to go from what he did in week 12 to then be completely absent in that week 13 loss to the Bengals. You know, that part is frustrating. Again, maybe you still have the switch that, that goes, but the overall balance of this team I like the upside that we have at the receiving positions in this specific format, I think is fine. You are going to need to have Devonte Smith be the guy who has a couple of those big games down the stretch, as opposed to an AJ Brown, but it's a good looking team and the Hawkinson trade, something that worked in our favor. He has more upside with the Vikings, even though Kirk Cousins missed him wide open behind the defense. This most recent week, Noah Fant coming off of a nice game. And Trey McBride, I think in a very similar situation to these rookie wide receivers where we just don't know what he is yet, and with Zachary's out, then you have the potential to see. We don't have a lot of signs to indicate that he's suddenly going to do something. They have DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown healthy now, the possibility that Rondell Moore will come back for the stretch run. They don't necessarily need him. But in a, a similar and slightly lesser sense than what you're looking at with the Falcons and Ritter, McBride was the first pick for the Arizona Cardinals, even though it's, you know, buried kind of deep in the second round, Arizona, another coaching staff in front office that are under pressure. If they do not finish the season well, you're probably looking at an entirely new slate of decision makers there next season and the little kind of side note to doing well is that the first person you pick in the draft needs to not be a bust, especially when everything else is going wrong. Sometimes you need not to be a bust even when things are mostly going okay. That's what we watched happen with the Tennessee Titans. So there's plenty of reasons and sort of pressure behind the scenes that could push these guys in and make them more relevant. And then, obviously, the other thing that we need is for Jarrett McKinnon to keep bailing us out. Because the other late-round picks at running back have not hit and Brees Hall got hurt, I mean, this is almost a one running back team. And while best ball teams are limited enough and everybody's dealing with enough injuries that mostly you can get across with your good players carrying you to start taking zeros, especially once we're in the tournament, I don't think that will work.
1: Yeah and I think that's been very harsh Sean on on Chris Evans who did sneak into the team last week with that touchdown 7.8 points mix it in there you never know when these players uh, come in and give you that edge because although it was you know 7.8 it's not that exciting it was actually two points more than the 5.8 that Derrick Henry did put up in week 13 so we would be hoping for more from Henry moving forward he hasn't really been that efficient over the last couple of weeks but to give listeners an idea of the team who we had last week puts up 160.58 Hundred and sixty point five eight points. It is Jalen Hurts, then Chris Evans, who I mentioned. Jarek McKinnon puts up fourteen. Christian Watson, Devontae Smith, Noah Fant gets in a tight end. Then Geno Smith. There is a you know any week that we can get Noah Fant hitting in this team, it is going to be an edge because there's a good chance that Geno also is hitting a little bit there. But interesting last week, Sean, that Justin Jefferson does end up as the second flat or the second flex option um, because in this format, it is quarterback, two running backs two wide receivers, tight end, and two flexes. And one of them, obviously, last week being Geno Smith. So my question for you is going to be now moving down the stretch. If this team is to go on and potentially win this tournament, what are we looking at is obviously Jalen Hurts is locked in there. I think Geno Smith is likely going to be locked into one of those super flex or flex options. Derrick Henry hopefully will be somebody who can be anchored in at running back, although, as I mentioned, he did not get in at all last week. Justin Jefferson's there, T Higgins is there, Devontae Smith's there. I think those are the three guys that are set up for us at wide receiver. But interesting to mention that Fant got in there last week. Trey McBride hasn't got in, and that meant that Hawkinson also didn't get into our starting lineup this past week. And it can be hard in this format because of the second quarterback to fit some of those High end performances in there. For example, Drake London isn't in there from last week with 15.5. T. Higgins isn't in there, it is only 12.5. But some thoughts on on how you think we need this team to go because you made a good point there with the running back position. Running back is going to be what kind of takes us because you have to start two of them. Whereas in this situation, if you have five wide receivers that hit in a week, it isn't the same advantage as it would be in the regular format here at the FFPC right we're gonna need these receivers to
2: blow up in a big way we're gonna need tj hawkinson you mentioned t higgins not having the huge season but he does have two 24 point games in the last three weeks that again a little bit of part of the push and something we're gonna need to have in the fantasy playoffs especially with jamar chase coming back you you'd love to see chase be a little bit of a decoy on these teams where you have higgins obviously As I mentioned, we have plenty of chase on those teams. We want him to be the superstar. Yeah, this is the the perfect roster. I mean, what we're going to need to have is for Geno Smith to continue to play like a pro bowler, and that's the part that is a little bit tricky when you get down to round 20 there. You're taking a guy because he's the clear-cut best value. You had us taking a lot of DK Metcalf. That worked out extremely well. Tyler Lockett here went in round 11. In retrospect, he would have been a much better pick than Sky Moore. I think along with Kyle Pitts, I mean, Sky Moore is probably the other most disappointing player of this entire season because the possibility for him to be closer to what a Chris Olave was, for example, and there's no question that Olave a little bit better prospect. It's easier to say that now too, when you see what Garrett Wilson is also doing but for more to be in there in this Chiefs offense, that despite the loss of Tyree Kill, has been the most dynamic offense in football. For him to be
1: an afterthought, I guess you can really say.
2: Yeah, that that part is frustrating. The other thing here is that we do end up with Geno late, but we also don't get that Jets sort of comeback play, which again we did no have
1: to- it, Sean. We did have it before Hall got hurt.
2: Well. I want to have it with these receivers here. I want to have Garrett Wilson in round 10. Instead, Matt grabs him in the mid to late 10th. I think that's an excellent selection there. Edgar picked Tyler Lockett, a great pick for him. Obviously, some of the problems that he has run into are the Jonathan Taylor not living up to hopes and missing a game or two there. You have the injury to Zach Ertz has hurt him. Jameis Winston getting hurt and not coming back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire getting hurt, Michael Thomas getting hurt. And so, I mean, you go through Edgar's team and and all of the nice picks he hits on Tua. I mean, you look at those first three selections, Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, and then Tua, and especially knowing what we know now. I mean, that's a dream first three-player start. Then you have the avalanche of injuries, and obviously that knocks you out of consideration. And so, again, the injuries are going to play a big role, but he had some very nice picks. If we put Tyler Lockett in for Sky Moore, then... You would like the roster a lot better. Column I misspoke a minute ago and said that that cup chase team was one that I drafted with Blair. That's actually the team that you and I drafted in the overtime one league. Why don't you pull that one up quickly so we can also share that with the listeners. We did these two super flex leagues. So we want to recognize the listeners who are in position to qualify for the tournament in that one as well.
1: So Sean, have that league up here on display now. But a shout out to a very close top three in this one. There is only seven points splitting the top three. We have the cat dad at 1897.2 points. We have I am Alex FF at 1892.44. And then we have Ryan at 1890.10. So there is a 70 point gap then down to modified zero QB. But that is a tight race here. One week to go we have three teams in the mix and the team Sean that we drafted here I think is pretty fun you mentioned Cup Chase then we have Barkley Kittle who hasn't performed this year but we have ETN Dobbins our quarterbacks here are a little bit more challenged we still do head on Geno Smith in the 20th round that was a, a common theme of some of these drafts for us we have Ritter we have Baker Mayfield so we're really adding quarterbacks in these last couple of weeks for this team but unfortunately with that Cup injury we have fallen down quite a bit we're down to 10th place but those teams that are in the mix are going to be interesting to see how they do over this week because there's only going to be two of those top three that make it through. but Sean looking at this roster just quickly and briefly I do think that that QB throughout the season has been where it has hit us and then Dulcich has had some flashes and a nice performance this past week, but between Dulcich McBride and then Kettle not performing, we have we've really struggled at the tight end position throughout the season. Well, Dulcich has been giving us
2: those points of late, and I really like that. You mentioned the QB. This comes down, for the most part, to the cup injury and J.K. Dobbins not doing what we had hoped. So you look at this team, you're in 10th place, you say, what would I do differently? And for me... Basically, you want to get a better QB than Zach Wilson as your QB one. And we really wanted Mac Jones. He went one spot ahead of us. I mean, obviously, he did not have a great season either. And so it's not like that would have fixed the problem in and of itself. Really, just taking Kenny Pickett, where we took Darnell Mooney, and not selecting Zach Wilson would have been a better way to play it. But big picture, I would just draft this team again and wait for Cup and Dobbins to not get hurt and i say wait for just assume a different injury scenario plays out that's not always the case. I mean you're going to have some teams when you go back and you evaluate them and you clearly made some mistakes and you want to do those things differently. So simply saying that in this instance i would draft the same team or a very similar team doesn't mean that we want to ignore mistakes or not improve our process. That's one of the things that we'll be talking a lot about through the offseason and how we want to play 2023. Looking at the teams that are in it here, this is a fun group. I I mean, I love everybody who is on our listener leagues, and so I don't have any type of rooting interest. The Cat Dad and Alex are in a lot of these leagues, so obviously it's fun that they're doing it. Ryan was in both of the two leagues that we talked about. I love his team name. Uh, No punt intended. I think if you're going to have a pun, that is a perfect one. We look at these squads, and they're interesting because they're all different. You have for Alex, this Mahomes, Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones start. He's obviously going very Green Bay heavy. Column, I know that's a team after your own heart, but it's Mahomes, Adams that are carrying you there. Devontae Adams, even in a super flex, to be able to get a player like that in round three, that's a massive home run. That's one of the picks that the Blair and I have on all of our teams that has worked out. We have Adams and Henry, kind of a unique older situation. Blair and I like to take... Players in Superflex that we're not getting in some of our other leagues. So we do have some different results there. He also has DK Metcalf, a huge hit for him. Damian Pierce in round 14, a at least a moderate hit. Pierce has cooled again with just how bad the Houston, Texas offense has been. But then you look at Jamal Williams in round 16. Jamal Williams, one of the absolute league winners this season and someone who's going to cover up a lot of other potential issues. Then we look at Ryan's team out of the fifth hole. Justin Herbert, even as a disappointment, someone who's going to give you a floor. Then you have Eckler, Henry, Keenan Allen. So Ryan overcoming that particular injury, Leonard Fournette, Marquise Brown. And then he takes the two QBs in seven and eight with Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan. Those plays haven't worked. Matt Ryan hasn't necessarily worked. But again, it hasn't been a zero point situation. His team looking cool. He is the drafter who hits on Amari Cooper in round 10. The Tyler Lockett selection we just mentioned was a very good one in round 11. And he selected DeAndre Hopkins in round nine. So if Ryan is one of the two managers who make it into the postseason, I think he's got to be really excited about how that part of the roster looks. Hopkins teams who advance are going to be are going to be good. And then the kind of fun one to round this out with the cat dad, you have that fading QB approach. And so to see a QB, QB start, a QB and then wait, and then a zero QB, at least from the perspective of Superflex, really cool to see these differences. And I think that's one of, one of the fun things of 2022. It can be easy to look at some of the, the frustrating elements of 2022 and miss that the, the sort of balanced nature of it has made it. Really fun for the varieties of structure that will work. But this team, Justin Jefferson, massive hit. Travis Kelsey, massive hit. Najee Harris, Trevor Lawrence, Brees Hall. I mean, he's sitting there like us thinking, man, this team just had Brees Hall. Think of where I would be. Jerry Goff, a player that we drafted onto a lot of teams and like. It'll be interesting to see with just how high powered their offense has been again recently after they went through that little bit of a drought. They have Jameson Williams. He didn't really play this last week, but still the possibility of him ramping up and you know maybe he makes some big catches in week 16 and 17 does Jared goff score enough to really give you tournament upside mac jones there and then he's also having that drake london situation where wondering will london be the guy who's going to do it he's having to deal with the michael thomas and hunter renfro injuries but then christian kirk has been a big hit and he does have jameson williams on this roster so Obviously, we'll be rooting for that Jerry Goff connection. Good luck to all three of these managers, and a thank you to everyone who participated in the three listener leagues. Colin, we didn't talk about the regular $125 tournament listener league that we had. We've suffered some big injuries in that after we were in good position. I think we've slid to fourth, but obviously we thank everybody who participated in that one. And we'll have plenty more best ball and best ball tournament content later this season in the offseason. Always so much fun to draft these best ball teams throughout the year and, and keep this fantasy experience going for
1: all of us all year round yeah absolutely and we will be recapping different drafts the strategies used we'll be looking breaking into the tools then obviously as the information filters through, and see how the win rates and things like that develop over the course of this season and the off season. so looking forward to doing all that and much much more but hopefully you've enjoyed listening and i know people had a lot of positive feedback for the draft shows themselves when we were drafting these teams and Hopefully, with these teams, we may over the coming weeks. If the teams continue to progress, we had a lot of fun last year, Sean, sharing the draft with me, you, and Blair because we were able to listen to that, you know, as the tournament progressed. Then, so hopefully, with these teams, maybe that's something that I'll dig into the archives and find that draft of the the team that's going to win that league. Hopefully, again, try not to curse us before this weekend, but yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But a fun show, really enjoyed it. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening in. As I mentioned at the start of the show. There is that 25% off a one-month NFL pass at rotavis.com if you're interested in trying that out? The code is Radio 2022 Apply that at checkout. And of course, today's show is brought to you by Blue Wire and Winbet. Sean, we will be back with the instant recap show for NFL week 14. This coming week, it'll be out and available for you at 5 a.m. Eastern when you can get as you know, if you want to set your alarm clock and get up nice and early and listen to that. Uh, do so i would say you can sleep in and, and listen to it when you wake up but looking forward to nfl week 14 the last of the buys and we'll see how it plays out good luck to everyone trying to squeeze their teams in in these basketball tournaments in bbm tree for example and any of the variety of underdog or ffpc leagues and until we are back with that show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at OverTimArland. of course you can check all of sean's work up on rotavis.com and until we are back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis with a discount through the Road of Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
3: The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling 3-month emergency food kits each contain delicious breakfasts lunches and dinners averaging over 2000 calories per day secure at least one food kit for each family member